0: i gentlemen, here we are once again. It's Sunday night at 5.30, or it could be Monday night at 6.30, depending on whether you're listening on Sunday or Monday. We are the show that every week takes a deep dive into learning about one of these great nonprofit organizations that service all of us in some capacity, all of us who live, work, and play right here in our wonderful Snoqualmie Valley. My name is Jay Fisk. It's my pleasure once again to be your host for Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. And as I mentioned, we're on Sunday evening, at 5:30, uh, we do a little do a little instant replay on Sun on Monday night, rather at uh, at 6:30. So uh, tell your friends if you're listening on Sunday and you want them to hear the show, tell them to tune in tomorrow at 6:30 and they can hear it again on the web at valley1049.org. Uh, we have a lot of listeners all around the world, and so tell your friends and family they can listen to uh, valley1049 anytime they wish at valley1049.org. Okay, we're going to get into it just a little bit. We've got a couple of very nice folks that we're going to meet that are with an organization called Seattle Mountain Rescue, and uh, I love it when we find out about nonprofits that have a mission that sounds a lot like their name. You may recall a couple weeks ago, we had an interview with Reading with Rover. Kind of hard to miss what Reading with Rover is all about. It has something to do with reading with a dog. I figured that out pretty doggone quick. So Seattle Mountain Rescue, I'm guessing, has something to do with mountains and rescue. And I'm guessing they're located in Seattle, but we'll let them tell you your story in just a few minutes. But before we get there, as you know, I like to do, I am reminding you there is still a pandemic going on. Uh, That pandemic going on means that you still need to be wearing your mask. You still need to be social distancing and hopefully you've managed to get yourself on the list for the vaccine if you're qualified. Certainly hope uh, you can do that because we would like to get this pandemic over and done with, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of eating outdoors at restaurants. I want to sit inside with full capacity and uh, actually see what people's smiles look like. Uh, I am a little tired of seeing masks. I want to see people's teeth. I just think that uh, smiling is a great part of being a human. And uh, I want to see people smiling again. I have not seen very many of those over the last year. I have encouraged you, however, over the weeks, that in the morning when you're combing your hair and you're brushing your teeth or shaving, whatever you do in front of your mirror, you should practice smiling with your eyes as much as you possibly can. You'd be amazed at how much communication you can give to someone with just your eyes. And so hopefully you're practicing that. That's a talent that will come in handy even once we get rid of the masks, okay? So there you go. That's my weekly reminder. You know, we have over 70 nonprofit organizations that uh, serve us here in the Snoqualmie Valley, all of us who live, work, and play. And then we have quite a number of other nonprofit organizations that are not based here in the Snoqualmie Valley, but they serve us anyway. They come from all around. We like to talk to them as well because at some point in time, Those of us who do live, work, and play here in the Snoqualmie Valley may need to take advantage of one of those products or services or other things that can be provided to us by nonprofits uh, that are not based here but uh, but help us out. And I think we're going to find out that our guest tonight fall into that category. Uh, we're going to meet Sherry Higman and Nick Constantine. Sherry is, the, is one of the chairperson, or I guess she is the chairperson for SMR for Seattle Mountain Rescue. She's also one of their field members. We'll find out what field member means in a few minutes. And then Nick Constantine, now he's on the board of trustees. And uh, these two folks have joined me tonight. And I'd like you to say hello to them right now. Hello, Sherry. Hello, Nick.
1: Hi Jay, thanks for the introduction.
0: You bet, Nick. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us on, Jay. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, you kind of heard my preliminary there. I was talking a little bit about uh, Seattle Mountain Rescue and how hopefully the name says it all. But uh, we we never we never hear it all in name. There's always a lot of story behind the story, and that's why you folks are here tonight. We want to learn all about Seattle Mountain Rescue. So let's start with the with how long the two of you have been associated with the organization. Sherry, how long have you been involved with uh, Seattle Mountain Rescue? Uh,
1: yeah, I've been uh, involved teens, so about five years now. Um, it's been great to be a part of this this unit.
2: How about you, Nick? Yeah, I think I'm just a little bit over 10 years uh, with doing search and rescue work in King County, so I, I think about 2010
0: or 2011. Are you both volunteers?
1: We are both volunteers. SMR is a all-volunteer organization.
0: Okay, Tell us a little bit about the mission of Cherry, uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about the mission of Seattle Mountain Rescue.
1: So we are a group of seasoned alpinists and we're dedicated to saving okay. lives through search, rescue, and mountain safety education. We specialize particularly in mountainous terrain searches and high angle rescues, mostly in King County, but in um, the 90 corridor. Um, but we do also go out of county as well to assist other counties um, with technical um. Search and rescue.
0: Okay, and I used a term there that you slipped by me pretty quick. <laughs> it was, I think you said alpinist. Mm-hmm. Take a little deeper dive yeah. into that for us. Tell us what that's all about.
1: So, um, alpinists, sometimes um, we might be referred to as climbers or mountaineers, but we like to spend our time up in those rocky high places that make up our backcountry in Washington. So, that can either look like rock climbing or poking around on snow, but basically anything steep that kind of requires technical gear, whether that's ice axes and crampons to ropes and carabiners. Um, That's where um, we find our happy places uh, recreationally. That's also where um, we really provide value to our community as climbers and help you know provide our skill set to bring people home.
0: How long has your organization been around? How old? I mean you uh, Nick mentioned 11 years uh, he's been with them so this obviously is not a a new outfit.
1: Yeah, we've been around for a long time since 1948 was when we were officially incorporated. Wow. I think we were kind of acting independently a couple of years before that though.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Now you talk about being an alpinist and, you know, you like to hang out in the backcountry and rock climbing and with the gear and, you know, and all that sort of thing. Are most of the rescues that you get involved in, most of the time you help, are they, are they fellow alpinists that maybe extended themselves a little too far? Or do you ever find some pure civilians that, you know, the, the, the people that would never go wander into the backcountry suddenly find themselves in unfamiliar surroundings? So
1: our specialty is in the um, kind of the high altitude, or not high altitude, uh, the more technical terrain, Uh, but most of our missions are for, you know, turned ankles on popular trailheads or people that find them out too late without headlamps, and we have to run up and give them, um, provide them some support to get back down to the trail safely. But ultimately, we're here to, you know, help bring people back, whether or not they're lost or, or severely injured high up on a mountain. But to your point, they're mostly, they're mostly on trail sort of missions.
0: How far afield, Nick, this might be one for you, how far from Seattle might you all travel in in your volunteer work to do what you do? Yeah, so we predominantly
2: operate in King County. Um, That's kind of, uh, we operate under the King County Sheriff's Office. But we are all, all the members on the team are what's called a Department of Emergency Worker certified. So we fall under the state DEM system. And other counties can request our assistance as well. So we operate all around the state. Um, when other teams might have a need or there might be a search that's going for multiple days, they might call Seattle Mountain Rescue in to come assist with them as well. Uh, I think in some of the early days, we have uh, we were the backup team to actually go down to help in Antarctica for for rescues. I don't know that that ever took place. In fact, I know it didn't. But our team was the, the first mountain rescue organization uh, in North America, and we were very highly utilized uh, all in the Pacific Northwest, um, up into Alaska. And then, like I said, even as a backup rescue team in case something happened down in Antarctica.
0: So, since we all live, work, and play here in the Snoqualmie Valley, can you think of some rescues, uh, some events that you've had to participate in uh, within, the, within the Snoqualmie Valley, something nearby? Yeah, I think, you know, we get
2: calls more than 100 times a year. I think this past year um, we were closing in on maybe even 200 calls. Most of those, as Sherry was mentioning, do happen along the I-90 corridor. So our team has most of our equipment based out in the North Bend area. Uh, so a lot of the, the trails that people frequent all up through North Bend up to Snoqualmie Pass and Snoqualmie Valley. So we we operate all around there. And, and like Sherry said, I think it could be twisted ankles, um, individuals that are uh, hurt or injured out skiing. Uh, heaven forbid, caught in an avalanche as well. You we respond to those types of activities. Um, or it could just be somebody that didn't bring a headlamp and was out on a pretty common trail and maybe lost exactly where they were going uh, and decided it was best to call 911 for some support.
0: It occurs to me, since we're just finishing up winter, is there a busy season for what you do? You tend to tend to have more more need for your services during the summer when everybody's out and about and hiking around or during the winter when they're suddenly getting caught in, in, uh, in snowstorms or avalanches?
1: Uh, yeah. So our busy season is, is in the summer. Um, as one might anticipate because that's when we see more recreationists, uh, hitting the trails and oftentimes newer recreationists as well. That being said, uh, Within King County, we really have two primary units that respond to winter um, missions. That's going to be Seattle Mountain Rescue and uh, one of our partners, Ski Patrol Rescue Team. And we are the primary two teams that will respond to winter missions. So we kind of are the go-to for that. But the summer season is definitely our busy time.
0: Now, you are part of the group that goes up there in the, in, in the hills and uh, sets off the explosives to uh, knock down the, the potential av- avalanches, are you?
1: No, that's not us. So we don't we we don't get to play with dynamite. So there's uh, basically uh, avalanche control is done in a resort inbound by pro patrol or um, you know people that um, are trained in avalanches and identifying how to trigger avalanches or they work with the DOT to help control like mountain passes and whatnot. Again, using dynamite explosives, howitzers to control those av- av- avalanche-prone slopes.
0: How many members of uh, the Seattle Mountain Rescue are there?
1: We have 86 active members on our roster currently.
0: Is there a training program? Is there some minimal skill level that someone must have before they become a a member? Or can they support you in some way and, and learn some of the skills?
1: Yeah, so generally speaking, we're looking for all of our members to have a baseline set of skills prior to their applying, which includes being able to lead traditional Alpine climbs of a five, six or higher uh, for at least three years. They also have to have experience traveling on glaciers and snow. And then after that, as long as they meet those baseline criteria, we train them with medical rigging and continued educational opportunities to help grow these skill sets out. So we do rely on you know, members having experience in this space.
0: So Nick, I got to ask you, you've been involved for 11 years. Something stirred you, something caused you to want to join Seattle Mountain Rescue. Uh, How'd you get involved?
2: Yeah, I think there's a number of of folks on the team uh, that have different stories. Sometimes some of them are a bit tragic, uh, or maybe they themselves were involved in something. Uh, in my case, it was a little bit more of the uh, the former. Uh, I had some friends that were traveling back via a small aircraft. Uh, there was about 10 of them in the aircraft coming back from Idaho. And unfortunately, it got into a really bad storm and uh, got some icing on the wings and, and the plane um, fell out of the sky and it took a number of days for teams to to locate that wrecked fuselage of the aircraft and and my friends and i think through that time i really felt quite helpless i felt like i had a skill set that i might be able to utilize to go help do a search like this but because i wasn't part of one of these teams that was called out and because i didn't have kind of the credentials um, that i had mentioned a little bit earlier. I wasn't able to go and I felt just quite powerless in that situation. I sort of vowed that I wouldn't let that happen again or that I could also be of assistance to other people so that they have people that can go out to help when they can't themselves too. Um, So that's a little bit of my story. Uh, I think we also have some other folks on the team that um, may have been involved in either being lost themselves or a trail rescue or sometimes even rescued from the side of a mountain. Or they've just been involved in doing volunteer work. And this has been a natural progression of something that they felt very passionate about and wanted to continue to give back to the community.
0: When we come back after our break, Sherry, I want to hear your story. We want to find out a little bit about how you got involved, uh, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that you have uh, your own reasons as well. We're listening to uh, a story of about the Seattle Mountain Rescue. It's a volunteer group based in King County. We're talking to Sherry Higman. She is chairperson for Seattle Mountain Rescue, and also one of the field members. And Nick Constantine. He's on the board of trustees. Uh, They've both been involved for many, many years. There's 86 members of this wonderful group that help those of us who manage to find a way to get ourselves in trouble uh, during the summer or the winter uh, up on the mountains. And uh, we're going to learn more about them when we get back, including how they're funded, uh, how they recruit new volunteers, and uh, perhaps some personal stories of individual rescues that might just bring it all home for us. So uh, we'll talk to them right after the break. You're listening to Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley. This is the show that every week spotlights a nonprofit organization that supports all of us who live, work, and play here in our wonderful Snoqualmie Valley. My name is Jay Fisk, and we'll be back right after this break.
2: Join us for Northwest Phenomenon Sunday nights at 7 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9 as we cover topics from paranormal activity, conspiracy theories, and more. If you have a story you would like to share, email me, mario at Northwest Phenomenon.com. We'll see you Sunday nights at 7 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9. Northwest
1: Phenomenon. Have you ever wanted to work in radio, but weren't sure how to get started? Or maybe you're someone looking to take on some community-focused volunteer work. Either way, have we got a deal for you. Valley 104.9 is 100% volunteer staffed and operated, and we're always looking for new volunteers. In addition to on-air hosts and specialty programmers, we're looking for people interested in broadcast engineering, local events reporting, or fundraising. As an example, we want to do more live broadcasts of local music, but we need more folks to help make it happen. If you'd like to help, please go to www.valley1049.org. Click on the volunteering link and complete the short web form. Come join us.
0: Okay, we are back. Yes, we are. Welcome back to Keeping Track of Giving Back in the Valley, the show that's on every week, Sunday night at 5.30, Monday night at 6.30 right here on Valley 1049 FM and streaming at valley1049.org. We always like to talk to some folks from a nonprofit organization that takes care of all of us right here in our Snoqualmie Valley, all of us who live, work, and play right here. And tonight we're talking to Sherry Higman. She's chairperson for Seattle Mountain Rescue and also a field member. And Nick Constantine, he's on the board of trustees uh, they've been uh, members for quite a few years. Before the break, we heard a little bit about Nick's story, why he decided to become a volunteer and came out of of tragedy. And uh, I promised that we would hear Sherry's story here when we come back. So Sherry, tell us a little bit about what drew you to become a member of the Seattle Mountain Rescue.
1: Uh, For sure. So my my story falls into kind of how Nick concluded his his sentence with um, people that feel connected to volunteerism. And so ultimately, I'd been climbing for nearly a decade by the time that I applied and became a a member of Seattle Mountain Rescue. And ultimately it was at that point in my climbing career that I felt like I needed to give back to my community and recognize that, um, I had the skills in order to um, help my community out. So that really ultimately drove me into Seattle Mountain Risk. And so, and now I'm here and I'm the chairperson. And I'm really excited to be a part of this unit.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Do you have any friends that uh, that you brought in? I mean, I, obviously, I'm sure you've made a lot of friends. Both of you have made a lot of friends once you joined. But have you, through your involvement, managed to recruit other friends of yours who have similar interests?
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, definitely. I, I was so proud to be a part of this this organization and just thrilled to be a part of this community and the great work that we were doing. I definitely reached out to a handful of members that I thought would be great fit and have the appropriate skill set to to join. And now they are part of the unit and it's great working with them.
0: So Nick, if someone is listening right now and they say, well, I've got a pretty good skill set. I'm, I'm kind of an alpinist myself. And, uh, I, you know, I know how to, I know how to ter- put on a pair of crampons. Uh, I've seen as using terminology. So you guys think I know what I'm talking about, but, uh, so, you know, they'll never know they're out there. They, they, they the, the people that are listening think that I actually know what I'm talking about. And I don't, but seriously, uh, if somebody wanted to get involved, they think they've got the skill set and they're thinking, oh, OK, I, I, I'd like to get I'd like to do this. I want to give back or I have a reason in my life to want to get involved. How do they go about doing that?
2: Yeah, It's a great question. I think
0: our number one um, way we
2: recruit is typically through friends of friends or through some of the other organizations that some of our members may be a part of, whether it's the Mountaineers Washington Alpine Club, um, Boeing Climbing Society. So oftentimes I think folks meet people or know of other people through some of these organizations that may be a good fit for Seattle Mountain Rescue. Um, we also get a number of people that do apply. Uh, we have applications uh, that go uh, twice a year as a cycle, and uh, on our website we have a section where you can—it's uh, I think it's called the Join Us page—and on there there's an interest form that somebody can fill out, uh, and then depending on the qualifications they might have, uh, we'll then maybe invite them to put in an application, uh, and then if that goes well, we have a, a short interview process with our board that people go through just to make sure that it's good. For fit from both sides.
0: And what is your website? Yeah, it is seattlemountainrescue.org. Well, that's a pretty easy one to remember, Seattlemountainrescue.org. All right. Is there a phone number of any kind somebody wanted to call, uh, or is it strictly to the website? We do have a phone number that's listed on the website, and much like uh, most people in the modern
2: world of being digital these days, I think that gets forwarded to just a few of us via a voicemail box. Okay. Um, and most people kind of ask what, what our phone number is, and my initial reaction is usually, that they're probably asking so that they can call in case something goes wrong, in which case we usually respond so the correct phone number to dial in that case is 911. So that ultimately gets you through to the to the dispatch office for any emergency and then routed over to our deputy sheriff, uh, who then can contact Seattle Mountain Rescue. But if somebody just wants some information or to call us about any information, please feel free to uh, locate the phone number that's on our website and then uh, leave a voicemail and we'll definitely call you back.
0: All right. And it sounds to me like you're affiliated with some other organizations such as the King County Sheriff. Tell us a little bit about some of the organizations that you might touch during, during your work, uh, where you might work in cooperation with them or referral to from that sort of thing.
2: So we, we do work through the King County Sheriff's Office, um, but we also work with uh, another set of teams that are all based through King County that do search and rescue work as well. So there's nine teams in King County, Uh, much like Sherry mentioned the ski patrol team a little bit earlier that uh, we work closely with in the winter environment. There's a number of other teams uh, that have specialty skills, uh, much like ours is operating in mountainous terrain and, and being technical alpinists. Uh, there's also a team that has search dogs. Um, there's more of a general purpose uh, explorer search and rescue team. There's a, a couple teams that have uh, equipment like four by four vehicles and uh, snowmobiles and ATVs as well. Um, there's a horse team that can deploy via horseback. So we work in conjunction with these teams uh, within King County. And then also different counties have their own uh, search and rescue structure that may mirror some of the same teams that we have. So it's quite often uh, that we'll work with some of them as well. In fact, last weekend, we were out in Kittitas County working with some of their folks um, that were on skis, on snowshoes, uh, on snowmobiles. And then we also had um, Naval Air Station Whidbey Island who came in via helicopter that we worked with for this uh, training event that we put on. Um, So we work with a lot of government organizations as well as uh, volunteer nonprofit organizations within King County and across the state. Wow.
0: Well, that's uh, I I would like right now to find out a little bit about how you're funded. So, you know, this obviously takes some money. Uh, I'm sure that as volunteers, you pay a lot of your own way, but there's got to be some costs that need to get offset in there. So how do you go about doing that?
1: Sure, I can speak to that. Uh, So we are a volunteer organization that is supported mostly by our donors. Um, So we do run a a handful of of campaigns throughout the year. We also uh, write grants as well to help, like either local or federal grants to help offset some of our costs. But ultimately, it's very much a grassroots effort. We do operate on a pretty lean budget. um, So that way we can really focus on what we're good at, which is bringing people home. So so, yeah, donors, donors and. And supporters is what we're, what we're looking for to help fund our, our needs.
0: You mentioned bringing people home, and I only have a few minutes left. I want to make sure I ask this question. And, uh, Nick, you can take this one or you can kick it over to Cherry. but I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, uh, you know, ha- handle the ball there and decide who gets to answer. But I would love to hear a story from one of you about a particular rescue the operation you were involved in where when it was all over, you sort of had a chance to sit back in that easy chair or with that cup of tea in your kitchen or whatever and said, you know, this is why I joined. Yeah, I, I don't know that there's any
2: one rescue. I think when we do get calls, um, it's oftentimes where it's, somebody's worst day. And I think it's somebody's worst day, you know, from my perspective could be very different than how they're feeling at that point when they have to make the phone call uh, to 911 or to another friend or family member via a text message that they can barely get out because the cell phone coverage is poor or via um, a satellite uh, messaging device. And I think, you know, anytime that we can go out and help them, whether it's, cold wet and dark or it's sunny and they're dehydrated i think that gives me a a great sense of accomplishment and feeling of um, worth to the community and i think seattle mountain rescue i think everybody that is a volunteer on the team mimics that it feels the same way i think it's really impressive to be able to work with a group um, that is willing to go out day or night rain or shine to cancel meetings that maybe are on zoom or teams or any of these, um, you know, new technologies that have kind of consumed our lives, and to kind of put things on hold to go help somebody um, it, when it is their worst day. And so I, I don't know that there's any one specific one. But I think when we are able to, to bring people home, like Sherry mentioned, um, and sometimes the the ability to bring them home is, is really difficult or maybe it's not the most positive outcome, but I still think we're able to bring closure to families. We're able to reunite families. We're able to bring people back. Um, and, and I think that just goes a long way and and it really makes me feel quite good to to help with that.
0: Excellent. don't anything you want to add to that?
1: No, I think, I think Nick nailed it on the head is ultimately, you know, um, there's a, we've, we've all had a lot of experiences and had a lot of really great successful outcomes. And ultimately, it's, you know, this is our, our goal and our mission is to bring people home. I can recall like one one rescue rescue that I was a part of. Um, and it was particularly it was um, a lost um, hiker that had been missing for four four or five days. And I was in the field when one of our um, one of my other teammates on a different team um, found her and found her this person alive and getting that radio. Call across the radio that this person was was alive was like it was amazing. It was an incredible wow. um, experience, um and just that that really felt like you know we we really impacted this person's life. So wow. that felt pretty
0: good. Wonderful, so. wonderful. Well, I always uh like to let my guests know that there's going to be one question I'm going to ask at the end. I ask it every every show. It's always at the end of the show. It's time to ask that question, and that is what question didn't I ask you that you wish I had? Have I guess
1: you- my question that um, I'd like to be asked is um, how can recreationists best prepare so that they don't need our services?
0: Uh, there you go. See, so that's exactly why I always let the guests tell me what question I didn't ask. So let's ask that question. <laughs> if you're a recreationist, but you're not a professional alpinist, <laughs> but you're a, a part-time alpinist out there or a recreationist or a hiker, whatever you want to call it, how can they best prepare to not need the services of Seattle Mountain Rescue.
1: Great. I, should I answer my own question or Nick? Should we Absolutely. kick that,
0: this
1: Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So ultimately get, you know, get some education, um, learn about the 10 essentials. Um, it can either be through like uh, one of the part, like the organizations we mentioned earlier regarding like either the Mountaineers, Washington Alpine Club, the, the Bow Alps um, to, to, you know, come up and, come up with a particular skill set, you could be listening to or being part of a seminar through REI or WTA. We have a lot of amazing resources out there at our disposal um, to educate you on what you need and how to prepare for your first or second or third or 10th hiking or backcountry trip. There's a lot of resources. You can also always reach out to Seattle Mountain Rescue. Um, We're happy to answer questions. We recognize that during this pandemic that even our educational offerings have been impacted. We do hope to start providing some more virtual experiences going forward. And that's what I got.
0: All right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, listen, I'm going to have to wrap it up now because we are just out of time. 30 minutes goes by way too quick. I want to thank uh, Sherry Higman and uh, Nick Constantine. Thank you so much for joining us. They are with Seattle Mountain Rescue. We've learned a little bit about uh, the importance of Seattle Mountain Rescue and their 86 members and uh, what they do for us when we get ourselves into a pickle when we're out and about in the backcountry. So glad they could join us tonight. We are going to wrap up yet another show. This is the show that every week Spotlight's a great nonprofit organization that supports us in some fashion. You heard one more story tonight. There's so many of them out there. We'll hear another one again next week. But it's uh, all of those nonprofits that help us who live, work, and play right here in our wonderful Snoqualmie Valley. My name is Jay Fisk. Remember, you can listen to us every week at 5.30 Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. on Monday night. Uh, right here on Valley 1049 FM. And you can also listen to us streaming live at valley1049.org. If you have a suggestion on a future show or perhaps an organization you'd like us to interview on keeping track of giving back, you can reach me at jay at valley1049.org. Jay at valley1049.org. That's it for another week. Stay safe out there. Wear your mask and uh, good night.